Hey guys, it's me, your hostess of the mostess, Benny. Um, if you don't know my name by now, I'm kind of the person who records, produces, edits, and publicizes this podcast. I'm not here to be doing all my bio or anything, though. I'm just here just to quickly say that this episode, you in this episode, you will hear quite a lot of echoing, a bit of static, a bit of throwback. Reasons being these next podcasts are remote recorded because of covid make sure stay safe whatever i'm supposed to say with saying covid but yeah that's it now sit back relax and enjoy some afternoon tea get, get, get some money right then cough get, 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 get some money right then cough Hello and welcome to Deep It, the podcast where we discuss race and culture in society. I'm your host, Benny, and these are my guests. Agnes. And Manuela. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! Okay, guys, so how are you both? Already told me how you're feeling, Agnes, but how are you, Manuela? Like, how's the beginning of your day basically been? Um, it's been good. I haven't done much, mm. to be fair. Um, I've just been chilling. Honestly, I've been chilling as well. I've been chilling. <laughs> so yeah, you've yeah. been chilling as well. Yeah. yeah, there's not much. It else to honestly, do. yeah, I, do you know what? I just like I think that more than anything else, this quarantine time has just given me time to be fully relaxed. Sometimes, even though that's mm-hmm. like, okay. So obviously, mm-hmm. we're recording this. No, obviously, we're not kind of we're kind of just past the quarantine time but we're recording this just after that all the other recordings i've ever done covid-19 thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so like obviously when i talk in this in this podcast we're going to be talking about things that it was like oh like why do you talk about that last week but obviously we're at a very new time now mm-hmm. um, we're not going to be dwelling on on diseases and stuff to anybody who's listening if you're noticing some like changes about what we talk about it's literally just because this is now six months into the future of the last podcast I ever recorded so yes awesome um but yeah now I've been chilling I've kind of decided that do you know how I don't know I've talked I've spoken about this with you guys before but do you know how just when um quarantine just started and mm-hmm. it was like oh you need to be on something you need to be oh, just doing that yeah. getting that beach body you need mm-hmm. to be eating well you need to really, 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 really. And it's like there's a exactly. lot of pressure yeah it's like to be fair like fair enough you've got the time now to do the things that you want to do but also you should be using this time to relax because you're never going to get this type of time back again when we go back to real life do you know what i think that's the thing like i feel like for me what was i doing i was doing the absolute flipping most at the beginning like i was exercising like six days a week i was trying to do art and all these different hobbies and then I sat myself down I said Agnes like why what are you doing like what are you actually doing chill out because like you said I feel like since you know you started in primary school realistically you've had no breaks yeah you have the summer holiday but realistically you're probably still doing a little bit of work in summer holidays yeah or like running around with your friends like did you really relax so obviously the circumstances surrounding this period are horrific but like I feel like it's definitely given me the chance to like recuperate and actually, like you said, properly relax and recharge before life picks up again. And then 
when are we going to get the chance to do this again? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I feel like when you're relaxed as well, things will come naturally. Exactly. For me, I felt like I had to think about something there and there yeah. to do. Otherwise, I'd lose time. But, like, if you're relaxed, things, ideas yeah. will come to you. Mm. I mean, even with you, like, you've really, like, started doing your own thing. Yeah. And, yeah, like, do you feel like this, like, having this rest and this time to relax has mm. given you the opportunity to like use more time to like work on your craft yeah definitely yeah. definitely because I'd say when especially at uni it was something when it came to hobbies I'd always leave that and think it was like a waste of time mm. I guess like I think now that I've got time to practice um I've thought of ways of using it properly mm-hmm. Um, that's very interesting in a good way yeah. I guess right. yeah I think it's honestly helpful. I can't lie I'm jealous I can't I can't draw for anything for anyone honestly <laughs> I can't <laughs> I can I've already told you that my even my stick men look a little bit just wrong they don't look right um I've tried I've do you know what even my tracing doesn't look right I don't know what whoa although I I'd want to learn one day but do you know like how you put a lot of things in your oh I want to do that one day but mm. you're not actually sure if you actually be able to because like obviously you have like I don't know like do you do you work it a lot or is it something that is natural to you like you've always kind of known how to draw and then you worked on it more yeah I think so like um I feel like I've always had an idea but I think it's just because my family can yeah. draw as well so I imagine that I watch them do it so that's how I have an idea and I sort of built yeah. on that and got to the point yeah. now because obviously it wasn't that good to begin with oh, okay but yeah not <laughs> like, really. I thought when you were a baby like, like you're drawing triangles and heads <laughs> they knew from the very beginning <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah. not that far back. What other what other creative yeah. things do you guys get up to, like just in your free Because obviously, I'm talking to two scientists. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> two scientists in uni. Um, Agnes does what physics, and Manuela yeah. does biology. Um, you've actually graduated, so you. I mean, must be nice to be free. It must be nice. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, do you do any other creative things on the side from the on the side of like physics, basically? Uh, do, you know, do you know what it is? Yeah. Like, like, what do you enjoy doing, basically? The thing is, yeah, I feel like I feel like it's difficult because for me, my whole life, I've been told you're either creative or you're like more. I don't know, numbers and academic and stuff like that. So I feel like that's really been ingrained in me, which is why, like, I've always said, oh, yeah, I don't really do anything creative, this, this and that. But, like, I can't lie. I'm so into my music. Like, I play, well, I kind of play the guitar. I don't even know if I can say that I do that properly. But um, And then I started drawing. And actually, I can't lie, I'm not not too bad. But, like, (laughs) I just, like, it's one of them ones where these are the things that help me, like, just like de-stress because you're not really thinking about what you're doing is it you know what I mean yeah it's all just doing it um so I think it's taken me a time to kind of like unlearn the fact that you can't be kind of both um and just sort of delve into that but yeah apart from that I love to watch Netflix yeah Um, yeah. no plug (laughs) honestly I've gotten to a point where I don't watch tv anymore 
If yeah. I want to watch something, it's gonna be on Netflix or YouTube. I, I or think, Disney, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think I think exactly. TV's come a little bit come a little bit redundant, like Or even iPlayer. Even I hear no, exactly. Even I watch. I've been watching Waterloo Road basically because Ooh, throwback. That's my <laughs> <show>. <laughs> yeah, that's been on iPlayer as well. There's not been any time where I've needed the TV, and my TV's not mm. working. So, but I haven't even noticed because I don't yeah. use it. And I, the thing is, I actually I use the the TV. It's mm-hmm. I'm not using like the satellite of the TV to. Uh, watch things yeah. live and stuff anymore yeah. i guess that's just live but like talking about throwbacks throwback throwbacks mm-hmm. um so we were, we were thrown with quite a curveball um when the, it was pride month it was pride month last month did i say last month i don't know um, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah last month we were thrown with quite a curveball because obviously it was pride and everyone wants to always get into it whenever there's something new no, not new, it's not new. Whenever there's a month where we're supposed to celebrate something, people want to get into it. It makes sense. Um, so you probably saw, I think it was Nickelodeon mm-hmm. on um, Twitter um, that posted that they wanted to, um, you know, honour Pride Month by basically posting some of their creations, cartoons, whatever, like personalities that they've created that were a part of the LGBT community. Two twos, we see SpongeBob <laughs> as one of the... Um, you know elements of this so i just wanted to get like a feel of mm. how you guys felt about that because i've got my own thing to say um but like how did you guys feel about that when you when you saw it or heard about it the thing is i didn't see it i just heard about it from okay. like you guys um but like even as i think about it i don't know i just actually i don't know you know I feel like I need to hear what you guys have got to say before I even have an opinion. Um, I'd say I'd say it's a similar thing that I haven't mm. seen it. Um, I only heard from it from yeah, like you guys. Let me Google um, it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I didn't know. I think I guess when I have my image of SpongeBob, I don't really see him um, have like um, I guess any sexuality. Like I've never I've never seen him yeah. have that. I guess. So like it's not that I have I don't really have a problem with it if they want to use that character as that but I mean I guess mm. um, I guess it was um you wouldn't you wouldn't think it because it wasn't written in for yeah. a character yeah I guess like it wasn't necessary yeah. almost like I feel like yeah. coming into that kind of like if his character like because Spongebob is just silly and like working at the Krusty Krab and whatever mm. and I feel like it had no bearing on his character whether he was gay or not do you know what I mean so it's kind of like I'd, like if people have a problem with um the fact that Nickelodeon posted that I'd be like why because realistically what do, yeah. do you know what I mean like what yeah, does that yeah. change for you by watching yeah. as watching Spongebob um yeah. but equally I just didn't like it doesn't seem necessary That's if that makes sense thing is, when I first got told mm-hmm. about it at first, I was like, yeah, it's good, it's fine. Like, But I realised that I was just following mm. that wave of people who didn't want to come off as offensive, so they would just go with the what everyone cool. said. And when I was actually talking to my mm. friend about it, in the beginning, I thought he was just being, like, annoying. But then I did understand. He's basically yeah. saying the same thing as you guys. It's a show that we used mm. to watch that had no... Mm. There was no obvious 
thing written within the script that now they can point at and say, look, see, it was obvious from the beginning. If it was, if it was always right. from the beginning of them writing out this character, if it was always mm-hmm. there, it was always supposed to be a thing, then fair enough. But I feel like what a lot mm-hmm. of people are trying to do is trying to, like, Clip yeah, the they're trying to, like, preach, oh, we're inclusive, we're inclusive, by kind of putting elements onto characters that were never there in the first place. Do you know what I mean? So I think that that's the issue. That makes sense. I don't know if yeah. you heard about, like, um, it happened the same thing. I don't know if you ever read Harry Potter, but you probably watched it at the very Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Dumbledore, it's like it? thing where it's like, oh, I never said Hermione was white. I just said she had curly hair. It's down to your yeah, fair enough. It's down to my imagination of what she might look like. I mean, you filmed a whole eight film series on it, so I feel like no matter what, that's what I think of. But it's kind of like almost. But mm-hmm. is that what you were thinking when you wrote this character? Because if it isn't, then it does again sound like you're just trying to be inclusive when really and truly it wasn't a thing to begin. Maybe like so. I didn't actually say so. People were saying, oh, maybe Hermione was black, and I was like. Okay, yeah. fair enough, but you've never hinted at her being black. You can't just, it can't just come to a Black History Month in and retrospect, then you say, oh, yeah, yeah Hermione might have been black in it. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah, I just feel like some people try to push things. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, is, do you think it's necessary, though, that we, like, engender more characters? Or do you just feel like, oh, like, why? Is, is, is it, do you, are we going far? Or is it necessary to have that kind of representation? Because I think the representation is important, mm. but is it important to have that written into the script from the beginning? Interesting. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> Do you know what? I feel two things. I feel two things on this topic. I feel like, obviously, definitely representation matters. Like the fact that we have Disney princesses of colour is awesome and fantastic. But see, the thing is about that, I feel like when they set out to write those stories, for example, um, Moana right that was she was Polynesian and that was in the context of it and that was the story does that make sense so it's kind of like if they then said Cinderella was black that's fine too that didn't matter because that's a story where the person the the main person the princess could have been black or white and that wouldn't have changed the story does that make sense so like if they said that Mulan was Gambian that that wouldn't have worked for the story yeah, because that's not yeah, what the story was very important. Yeah. Does that make sense? So I feel like representation is definitely important, but write that into the character, write that into the story and make yeah. it explicit because that then definitely shapes like what, do you know what I mean? Like what you're trying to say. Whereas if you then retrospectively, if you just write an arbitrary character and then retrospectively say, yeah, she was this, he was that, it's kind of it just feels like you're pandering to whatever community you're trying to reach out to because that was not integral it doesn't matter like when people get mad that um Idris Elba um could be the next James Bond does it matter if James Bond is black or white do you know what I mean do you know what I mean it's like okay cool but yeah that's my two cents I think that's that's all it is but then do you know what I mean you did go you did um like kind of touch on the Disney princesses I've decided that I'm actually kind of mad with, with Princess Diana. Guys, I'm going to explain why I'm mad with Princess Oh, Diana. my gosh. Because, <laughs> yeah, we actually we spoke about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, but yeah. she was a frog for most of the most of the movie. We didn't really see Princess Diana, yeah. until, like, except for the beginning and the end. Yeah. I think someone wrote that. And then, even when she was human, she was just struggling and hustling. Ah, 
<laughs> Why does she have to work three jobs? Why? Honestly, this is a huge struggle. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I just feel like. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Like, it's funny because you know, like when you're younger, and you're with your friend, yeah. and then you decide. I don't know if you decide to sometimes be characters of anything, and there's always like that token black character. And then if you don't have a friend, if you don't have like a group of just black girls, you end up being the black character. And sometimes you're just like, um, I mean, I mean, there might have been other characters that. I so, like for example, you're playing brats. You're gonna be Sasha. You're playing pretty. Uh, you're gonna be. Yeah. You're gonna be um, Tiana. It's just like, like I want to be Ariel. Um, I can be yeah. a black Ariel. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. Mermaid. Exactly. But, yeah. Mm. I, I think that we're just. But yeah. But um, like talking on staying on the topic of like gender and sexuality. So I've heard like a lot of adults basically say that we talk. We're basically like a very sexualized generation that we get around a lot, that we just don't care anymore. We don't care about our bodies because we wear crazy short clothes. We don't care about modesty and all of that. So do you guys think Mm -hmm. that we're obsessed with like sex and gender and all of that? Or like, what's what's your opinion on it? Bruh. (laughs) I feel like, um, I feel like, this generation is more mm. open yeah because i feel like i feel like it's just been like a i see it as a slow like transition i guess because i feel like this generation is more keen on inclusivity and acceptance yeah. i feel like that's resulted in a lot of things that were inappropriate back then just being more open yeah. i guess mm. you know what i definitely actually i think i agree with what you're saying mm. because as much as like let's say let's take someone like you know our parents age for example like that's a different time that's a different generation mm-hmm. and I feel like back then perhaps it was more conservative um but because like Manuel said we're such like a more open generation that we talk about different things and we're just more expressive in ourselves it might seem like we're obsessed or that we're hypersexualizing things because of that stark mm-hmm. difference yeah. do you know what I mean mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know because I agree with what you're saying but at the same time in terms of like for example the other day I went to work right and on the way I saw a billboard and it was an advert for like racks like like you know like building racks where you put your tools and stuff like that and then yeah (laughs) Yeah. you know the logo is printed all over her breasts and she was quite big breasted and stuff like that and it's just like like I get it you don't need to do that but it's just like and like you know everyone knows sex sells and it's kind of like in some ways I'm glad we talk more openly about sex sexuality all of that because you know everyone goes through it like everyone has these feelings like there's no point pretending this kind of stuff you know doesn't happen um but at the same time like did you did you need to do that did you yeah I guess I I think it's that issue of you know objectification and like like the idea that like I don't know yeah, you like how you're saying that sex sells but also the idea that you need I don't know I forgot the word for it but I do understand what you mean it's like we're throwing it in people oh, not yeah. throwing it in people's faces I don't want to say that but it's almost like the autonomy over your body yeah. is kind of like lost yeah it's like oh like show your body's guys but really and truly like you're saying you didn't need it 
it didn't need to be shown. I mean, if she really, really wants to do it, and again, like you're saying, sex mm-hmm. makes sense, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't want to say that I don't agree with it, because it's not that I don't agree with it, but at the same time, mm-hmm. I guess that there is always an extreme to anything. Um, yeah, and absolutely. Actually. You know, actually, one thing that I was thinking about, whether um, whether you guys oh wait, no. I'm not going to talk about that. Yeah, I was just talking about that. We spoke very extensively about that in our last phone conversation, so I'm not going to bring it up again. Um, but yeah, I think it is interesting to think like that, but I actually don't think that we've become, we're a sexualized generation. I think I agree with both of you. We're just more mm. honest about things. Yeah. And I don't think that makes anything yeah. worse because then you've got, you know, um, you know, Scandinavian countries always doing that just always doing well um i don't know what country it is i think it's, i don't know if it's switzerland or sweden and when i heard this i found this very odd i was like this is a bit weird but they basically teach like sex education to children that are about six years old and i used to think that is but, weird wait. i used to be like that no, when i say that i mean like just the the very <laughs> i like the the yeah, bits and bobs yeah, and exactly. stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I used to think that that at the first second I was thinking that's way too young. That is obs- that's mm-hmm. way too young. Like even when I was ten years old and I was learning about, it, I was like, mm, should I be learning about this? But at the same time, like <laughs> you're questioning it at that age, even whether you you haven't made like the mental processes to think, oh, I'm thinking about this. You are, and you will see when you look mm-hmm. at the stats in their countries that they've got a lot less like teenage pregnancies there people understand their bodies more mm. they go for contraception more it's because they're more educated about mm. what they should do with their bodies and their bodies like in general so i feel like being more That's interesting. actually helps people more than being closed about it yeah mm-hmm. that makes sense i think yeah. like exactly just like you said it's kind of like there's no point pretending like kids aren't thinking mm. about this i think I think, though, my only thing on that would be, like, there's a certain age to learn about Mm. certain things. So I know that, like, my little brother in, what year was it? Maybe, like, year four or something like that. My parents got a letter saying they were going to teach sex and relationship Mm. education. But, and then my parents were like, what? Why are you going to teach my little boy this? But it was more so, like, the relationship part of it. So it was more so, like, this is how you be a nice friend. This is... um, you know, this is how you interact with other people. And then as they got older, that's when they started teaching about the parts and like the, you know, girls have periods, like that kind of thing. So, so I think- more of like a slow introduction, you think this would be? Yeah, instead of exactly in year six. Remember, I feel like everyone went through this in year six. You just watched yeah. that video of the cartoons. Yeah. And like everyone was giggling because that's like the first thing time you've really ever- talked about it with like a grown-up because you probably talked about it with your friends like everyone finds out from their friends but um you know being in a room with your teachers and your friends like yeah. it's funny but I feel like perhaps introducing it from a young age but stripped down a little bit and then mm-hmm. developing it as people get older maybe that maybe is the way is forward better, you know yeah because I can maybe mm. I can isolate learning about it in two years and once it was once in year yeah. five and once in year nine and that was it like there was no mm like you're saying like this nice like okay so every year you'll have like a short module on it and then eventually we'll yeah. get to a point where you understand it completely 
it was just plonk here's this mm-hmm. plonk here's a, here's a here's a video of someone giving birth and i was like uh, <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, um, I don't know if you guys have heard. I I didn't watch. I'm not gonna pretend that I watched this girl on YouTube. I think her name was Nicole. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No. I remember oh, okay. yesterday. So basically, there's this woman. Um, her name's Nicole. I think she was 24. Nicole yeah. Yeah. Um, and she does dance videos on YouTube. She was actually like quite the I don't know if she was the rising star already quite a star but she's very popular on YouTube mm. and she died during ta- during childbirth was yeah. it childbirth or I did think they... it was oh. because both her and the baby died so it's to, it's believed yeah. through childbirth um oh, okay yeah oh, I'm not man. definitely sh- I'm not definitely obviously sure of the scores but like obviously it shook mm. really hard because obviously we're I mean, mm. we know COVID-19 has not been the only thing on our minds this year. It's been the whole... Oh, oh yeah. Like, um, <laughs> I asked a couple of other people about this um, a couple of days ago. Do you think that Black Lives Matter would have gotten the same attention if we weren't in quarantine during the time? Ooh. I feel like... Interesting question. I, I don't mm. think it would. Yeah. I yeah. feel like um I feel like I mean I feel like it's got good and bad um attention. And mm-hmm. I feel like maybe some of the bad attention wouldn't have been on it yeah. as well. Just because I know mm-hmm. a lot of people are using the argument that it's coronavirus. Like I saw so many people using that argument that people shouldn't be protesting because of that. So I feel Yeah. Like, oh god, yeah. But I feel like as well the there's a lot of positive attention because um everyone was inside on their phones on social media so i feel like it was just going around quite a lot i agree i definitely agree with both of those points because like i know personally like what 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 month did it really start was it like end of may right um ahmed got was ahmed i don't know it's ahmed ahmed aubrey Aubrey. he was um oh true I think right at the end of no of February, sorry, and then um, yeah. George Floyd was in March. But George Floyd was what he was uh, spark, okay. obviously. Spark. Um, so yeah. when it started, I mean, it was okay. bubbling, and it's always been bubbling, and yeah. it bubbled up yeah. in 2015, and then came yeah. back again to 2020. We're here again. Yeah. Um. It's so true. yeah, I do feel like being inside did. What were you going to say? Yeah. No. So I was just going to say because like. It's around that time, I know that if we were having like normal union, normal life, I would have just been so not that like I've been too busy to like actually, you know, read up about everything like that. But I just feel like, unfortunately, and I know this is going to sound so bad, but like it wouldn't have been at the fore of my mind every time as much yeah. as it has been. So it's kind of like how Manuela said it had good and bad attention. I feel like personally it allowed me to um the fact that we were in quarantine and I wasn't doing anything else it allowed me to start reading but okay start <laughs> listening to books on audible <laughs> um and watch more videos like the medical apartheid it's embarrassing that I don't that I didn't know much about that black wall street come on like these are like some things that I'm like holy crap how have I not known about this until now so I think just like maybe everyone else, it gave us the time to actually be able to sit down and do our research and actually understand um, 
you know, all the circumstances that maybe led to this or have happened prior yeah. to all of this and put more energy into actually, you know, arranging the protests and putting the information out there and stuff. But again, like Manuela said, uh, there's COVID-19, you shouldn't go out and protest. Meanwhile, in America, people were protesting that they had to stay home because of COVID-19 yeah. and no one by the island. Fine, whatever, mm. choose your battles. Um, but yeah. Exactly. And um, even here, obviously you saw that, um, I'm going to say Bane now. I've got an issue with the word Bane now, <laughs> but I'm still going to use Bane because mm. that was yeah. um, A lot of, uh. we were missed, like, at a higher rate, people of Black and Asian minority ethnic groups were dying from COVID-19. We saw it. Um, So really and truly, Black people going out to protest for their own rights, they're putting more of a risk to their lives by doing that than anybody else. Obviously, I do understand we're in a pandemic and stuff like that. I actually didn't go out because I was not allowed. But... um, also because of the pandemic stuff but I was continuing to like educate myself I really I really do regret not going out though I think the next one that does pop up around my area I will go to and if there are some in my final year of uni I will do that as well but yeah I think that people love to they love to create an issue they love to create an issue about anything and I think especially with this and what's going on it's like people can't hide anymore and people have to really face up to it. Both black and white, everyone has to face up to a lot of issues. So black people are facing up to yeah. the fact that we like we we are here and we need to make change now. Like we're we're tired. Like we can't we can't do this yeah. anymore. We can't do this anymore. <laughs> For real. Um and we're also I think one of the biggest things that have come out of this is realizing the importance of things that are black owned and the black pound. Um, one of the most important mm. things that, we, that is actually an issue in our community. So I think my sister told me that in the, I think I already told you this guys, um, this anyway, but I'll say it again, that in the, in a white community, when a white man spends one pound or like spends one pound in his community, it stays within white communities for two weeks. When a black person or a black man, sorry, I'm using man as, I, I, I felt like there's a feminist issue there. But um, I'm human. Black, <laughs> black fellow. Um, <laughs> when a black um, Homo sapien um, uses nice. a like one that. pound, it stays within their community for six hours. What does so that mean, though? It means that Sorry, money just doesn't circulate within black communities for as long as it circulates in oh. white communities because white people go to white things. Oh, you go to wow. Tesco's, you go to Sainsbury's, like you are putting money back into a white pocket, whereas black people also go to Tesco's wow. and go to Sainsbury's. So the money is being lost yeah. from our communities. And then Asian people, it's actually quite similar. <laughs> I don't know what the statistic is, but Asian people, similar to white people, mm. like they, they have bigger, to be fair, they have bigger communities. There's a bigger percentage of Asians mm. in this country. But that also means they. I mean, yeah. you guys know Curry Mile. We, we, all of us basically yeah. live on Curry Mile. You can see how they circulate yeah. money through their communities, and that helps keep so, everyone afloat. I'm not saying there's no issues in white communities or Asian communities. Of course, there are. We every every community mm-hmm. suffers with the same issues. But when it comes to money, it's actually because we don't mm-hmm. buy, we don't invest in things that are black owned. But mm-hmm. yeah, bro, bro, this topic here has been on my mind for really? weeks like yeah because I was talking to Esther about this very thing yesterday and we just came to the exact same conclusion that you you've just spoken about and like for me that's so frustrating because it's kind of like so 
you mentioned this to me first the book the mid the miseducation of the negro so as i listened to that on audible and i recommend it for every single black person out there bro it's so interesting um but like it was talking about this very topic and it's talking about how like black businesses tend to not succeed because like the white man has told you that the black man's product is not as good as the white man so you're gonna go to tesco instead of or you're gonna buy i don't know you're gonna buy Cantu instead of Afrocentrics, yeah. The yeah. main company. Yeah, like do you know what I mean? You're gonna buy this thing because they've told you, oh yeah, the white man is more educated, he can make a better product than the black man. Don't invest in that. And then I suppose as well, the second point that we came to was that there was it's difficult to say because it's gonna sound really bad. <laughs> like no, please edit this out if, if it doesn't come out right. <laughs> be honest. Um, but like, be, be huh? full authentic self in your mind. Tell us. All right, put it out there. But it's like <laughs> how there's like a lot of competition within amongst mm-hmm. black people, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about black people in Gambia, who I know about more so. Um, in that, when someone is starting off with a venture um, or is starting off with a product. I've noticed that black Gambians are very reluctant to help and invest in that person's mm. venture. Yeah. Does that make sense? Because it's kind of like, I don't know if it's that they're scared that they're going to, you know, be successful and do better than them, or if it's that they actually don't think that their product is good enough. But like, I know that when, to generalize overly, like, for example, an Asian person owns a store like they'll get a lot of patronage from their community but when it comes to a black person that tends to not be the case and like I feel like that's one of the biggest issues and that sorry to go back to the main point circles back to why probably the black coin doesn't stay in the community as long because we'd rather forego our own product like our own community's products and services and go elsewhere and then that's obviously going to limit growth and then it's going to make it harder because now you know seeking out a black business it's kind of hard yeah do you know what I mean like like, yeah so we've come to a place where I feel like we don't even we've come to a place where we don't even know where to start like if I even want to start and say okay I'm going now I want to look after my hair I'm going to buy only black owned skin products I don't even know I can't name one I can't name one. I can name the African black yeah, soap, which I'm probably going to get from the hair shop, which is probably not owned by a black person anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I think that we have kind of been taught not to tr- be trusting. And I-, I think that we all have a little bit of that in us where it's like you have yeah. this known brand that you've always known, I don't know, like L'Oreal or something. And then you've got mm. um, another one that may be starting out and you're more reluctant. Yeah, you're definitely more reluctant to help out because you're just like, oh, uh, are they going to be professional? Is it going to be a proper product uh, and stuff like that? And I think we yeah, actually lack a lot yeah. of faith in our own communities, which we we ourselves yeah. need to hundred percent. Um, but mm-hmm. I guess uh, that's not to say that there's no issue with like race when it comes to like getting loans and trying to start up a business as well. Um, I have one friend, and she has this American guy friend who is adamant on persuading her that race is not an issue when it comes to economics like at all and it's just one of those things where it's like no one ever said that there aren't other issues but race is a big factor and it taken out it being taken out would help a lot 
when it comes to mm. you know, just even necessary perception. I think people don't realize that when we talk about race and racism and stuff like that, we don't necessarily mean that you look at someone, you decided that they're you, you hate them. Duh, 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 duh. That's just the very mm-hmm. that's the most basic, um, obvious mm-hmm. racist sign. The racism is you having a conversation, maybe at an interview with somebody, them leaving, and you just thinking, I just didn't like them for some reason. I just feel like they're not professional enough for some reason. I just feel like they're not going to do the job properly for some reason. They're black, and you actually haven't really mm-hmm. like, put the two things together and realized, oh, yeah, unconscious biases yeah. that people need to start facing and being honest mm-hmm. with the fact they have it because I have them. And I've, I've always admitted that I have a lot yeah. of biases that I, I really try to not have all the time. And I, I, I challenge myself mm-hmm. when, I, when I have an unconscious bias. It's just everybody needs to do yeah. that. Um, so, like, I think, yeah. I was just saying, I think that's the thing. Like, it's not about, because uh, it's so bad. I used to be one of those people where, oh, I don't see race. Mm-hmm. I don't see colour. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And then I grew up and then I realised um, <laughs> that's bs completely so because it's not about not seeing race and color in fact that's part of the problem it's about seeing it acknowledging it and then realizing if you do have those unconscious biases like I say, tackling yeah. them um and if you feel like you don't maybe reevaluating yourself and checking yourself because you probably do um and then yeah so it's not about not seeing race it's about what do you do when you do see that when you do yeah. acknowledge it yeah. if that makes sense so that's it for episode four part one i hope you enjoyed it be sure to watch out for part two next week and follow us on instagram to keep updated and engaged with the latest topics and remember to always do fit